Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. Today is Friday, the 30th of September, 2022. That's right, it's nearly October. Three months till the end of the year. Where does time go? So before we get into today's show, as always, don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell if you want to get regular updates on when we upload a show here at the Thai Expat Daily Show. Now that that's all done, let's jump into the first story of the day. Investors see clarity on cannabis status. Investors in cannabis businesses are calling on the government to clarify its support, as well as laws related to cannabis usage, fearing the fledgling industry may be affected by the House of Representatives' withdrawal of the cannabis and hemp bill from its agenda earlier this month. The Democratic Party decided not to support the bill, sponsored by the Bumjai Thai Party, reasoning that the proposed law would encourage the recreational use of cannabis, especially among minors. Debates over how to regulate cannabis erupted, following concerns over easier access to cannabis among youths after the plant was removed from the National Narcotics List on June 9th. The removal triggered worries among health advocacy groups, while farmers and investors seek new business opportunities. Now the direction of cannabis usage in the country is unclear, disrupting companies and farmers who start a cannabis businesses, said Sitichai Deng Sangsert, chairman of the Dietary Supplement Industry Club and Herbal Industry Club under the Federation of Thai Industries. The ongoing problem has caused foreign investors who want to partner with Thai companies to venture into cannabis businesses to delay their investment plans. He said, if the problem cannot be solved, Thailand will lose out in its plan to promote cannabis as a new cash crop and develop value-added products, said Mr. Siti Chai. Cannabidiol, which is extracted from cannabis, can be used to treat many ailments. The FTI is worried about farmers who already invested in cultivating cannabis as a crop. We talk with some community enterprises, compromised of local farmers. They already started cannabis and hemp farms spanning 1,000 rye and plan to supply their harvests to factories, he said. Now they don't know what will happen next. Jackie Ong, chairman of the Cannabis Investment Summit World, that's the CISW holding group, said the problem is in the House is a political conflict. The conflict could lead to a loss of confidence among investors, he said. CSIW is preparing to join local investors and farmers in submitting a request for a clear policy on cannabis to Deputy Prime Minister Anatan Sharabakul, who is the leader of the Bumjai Thai Party. Thailand plans to participate in the third CISW Summit World together with MedTech World and MedCan World in Malta during the 17th to 18th of November. So as you can see, this is still dragging on. Absolutely no clarity from the government as usual. And it's pretty much how it goes around here. I mean, they, as we've spoken about in this show before, they brought in the law or decriminalized cannabis, but brought very little laws in regarding its usage, how it's to be controlled. And uh, yeah, and then they've kind of been on the back foot trying to make laws up along the way. And yeah, it's come very, very messy. It's exactly what I would expect to happen here because currently at the moment this government seemed to not have a steady focus on how to do things. I'm not quite sure where it comes from, why it's like that. Uh, if you're going to bring in a law that is going to be 
somewhat controversial, you should at least, you know, have it well thought out along the way. But as ever, you know, these are the things we have come to expect here in Thailand. And moving along, Phuket Hotels upbeat on prospects for the festive season. The festive season in the final quarter is expected to bring hotel bookings in Phuket that match pre-COVID levels, but not every hospitality segment will reap benefits according to the Phuket Hotels Association. Bjorn Courage, president of the association, said the average occupancy rate is picking up for November and December, as well as the first quarter of next year, driven by individual travellers, group meetings and mice, that's meetings, incentives, conventions and exhibitions. He said even though its main markets like China and Russia haven't rebounded, the Indian market still has strong growth along with the Middle East, Israel and Singapore. Strong performances in the first and second quarters this year came from the momentum carried from the reopening initiative called the Phuket Sandbox in July last year, when competitors remained closed. Meanwhile, Phuket is a destination that travellers can fly to directly from many cities. However, bookings in the third quarter have been slower compared to the first half, as many other destinations have opened up. According to STR Global, which collected data from the international hotel chains in Phuket, the occupancy rate is under 50% at the moment. He said that since there were less chartered flights to Phuket, hotels relying on groups are still having a hard time, in contrast to four and five star hotels that could do better than others. Speaking at FIST 5, the fifth annual event featuring hoteliers and stakeholders in Asia to discuss sustainability, Mr. Karaj said the island has to face the most critical challenges, which is a labour shortage during the upcoming high season. Many employees left the province for better jobs after their salaries were cut and had a lower service charge, which used to form a big part of their income. A lot of people are still waiting to make sure Phuket is going to be consistent after this, he said. I do not believe that most hotels will go back to the number of staff they used to have. Mr. Karaj suggested hotels save expenses by upskilling staff, training them to be more pr- productive and efficient during the same working hours. They also have to attract new talents, such as by holding job fairs at universities and should try to reconnect with former employees to lure them back. Now, just on that, because there's more to this article, but I just want to speak about that. Now, one of the issues you're talking about here is there's not enough staff. And, well, the only thing we're going to have less staff now, make them work harder and pay them the exact same. How about give people a pay raise? How about give your employees, who you may be only paying 12,000 baht per month, 15, 16,000 baht per month. If the service charge is not up to the standard they would have gotten pre-pandemic, why don't you make it more attractive for people to enter the actual market and the hospitality industry? Housekeepers in in Thailand are paid basically minimum wage. F&B staff, not much better unless you have a position within there, like you're a supervisor, an assistant manager, a manager or something like that. The same at the front office department. All paid just above minimum wage. If you want to attract staff to your industry, maybe it's time you start paying staff a slightly better wage. And for me, that is one of the most important things that they could start looking at if they want to start getting staff back to work. Relying on service charge, right? to pay people. Well, we have an amazing service charge. We give you a shit salary, but we have great service charge. That's the way they they, they worked in the past. It may not work in the future anymore like that. And people are looking for better salaries, better pay for the hours that they work. And that may be something that the uh, hoteliers in Phuket and other parts of Thailand, of course, 
maybe start to address. But moving on with the article. Phuket relied on international visitors as the main target before the pandemic. Mr. Karaj said the good part of the viral situation is that many local tourists visit the island more often. Prior to COVID-19, they mostly opted for overseas destinations instead of traveling to Phuket. Hopefully in the future, people are going to make a combination. They may go overseas, but also travel domestically, he said. Thailand might heavily rely on inbound tourism, but domestic tourism can help Phuket in particular as they can travel regardless of the season. Now, this is a little bit more nonsense, I think, from the Phuket Hotels Association. And he's talking about domestic travelers here. The main driving force behind domestic travel during the pandemic and why people were going to Phuket and all these other destinations was because of the government subsidy scheme, the We Travel Together subsidy scheme, where the government paid 40% of the room rate and the Thai domestic traveler, the Thai guest, paid 60%. That was what fueled it. But that's gone now. Rates are all climbing again in all these resort destinations, and they will outprice Thai people from staying at the four and five star hotels. That's basically what happened during the pandemic. People were going to four or five star hotels for the price that they would have paid for a three star hotel pre-pandemic. Of course, now the five stars and the four stars are creeping their prices up and they will push the Thai domestic market out because at the end of the day, the international chains, and I'll be honest and straightforward about it, they don't really have an interest in Thai domestic tourism. They want the money that international travelers bring because they pay a higher rate. And that's why pre-pandemic hotels were always mainly focused on international travel. Of course, the pandemic came, they had to swivel because they had no international. And with the government's help, they were able to get Thai domestic in. But that was at a discounted rate, which they can't offer now and they won't offer. So it leaves them kind of at a crossroads of what they want to do. If they want to attract Thai tourism, right, and Thai domestic travelers, then they have to find that sweet rate that will get those Thai tourists in. But they also can't discriminate between the international traveler and the Thai domestic traveler because you know what? People notice the difference of rates. So it may be a thing we'll start to see rates come down. I'm not sure. I, I'll be honest, I think if domestic tourism keeps climbing upwards toward 2019 you know, numbers, that the Thai tourists will be pushed completely out of the market and back down to the three-star you know, and kind of four-star hotel market, which is a complete shame that people in such a beautiful country find it hard, unless you're quite rich, quite well off, to visit these kind of hotels and properties around Thailand. But I'd love to know your opinion on it all. What do you think about the salaries here paid in Thailand? You know, they're saying that they're going to reduce the amount of staff, going to have them work more hours, but they never talk about giving them more pay in all this. Do you think Thai hospitality workers should be paid more? Do you think they should cater more for the Thai domestic market as well? I'd love to know your thoughts, as always, in the comment section down below. And moving along to a story that seems to be dragging out for well over a year now. Cabinet to consider the faith of the 300 Thai baht foreign tourist fee. The cabinet is going to decide on whether to start or postpone the 300 baht tourism fee collection from foreign visitors because the Tourism and Sports Ministry insists the project cannot be cancelled as it is an enforceable law. Tourism and Sports Minister Piapat Rechipakarn said the ministry will take until the end of September to finish the last phase of its fee collection study, which focuses on land entry before submitting it for cabinet approval. He said the project entitled Thailand Traveller Fee is subject to the Cabinet's review, which could mean immediate enforcement or requesting that the Ministry postpone the start date. The Ministry already prepared fee collection mechanisms, signing a Memorandum of Understanding with Krun Thai Bank on Tuesday to handle such transactions via a website, mobile application, 
kiosk and air tickets. Fee collection is necessary for the country as the Budget Bureau no longer provides a welfare budget for tourists in case of emergencies, while the Ministry's fund for this purpose has a smaller budget remaining, said Mr Piapat. Between 2017 and 2019, the government had to use almost 350 million baht per year of budget to compensate the public health ministry after foreign tourists received medical services in public hospitals, then returned to their countries without paying the bills. According to the National Tourism Policy Act of 2019, the 300 baht fee was legally approved by the former government and must be fully enforced. It cannot be abandoned, he said. Mr Piapat said of the 300 baht fee, almost 90% will be dedicated to raising the tourism standards to a global level seen at other leading destinations around the world, particularly in terms of using universal design for public facilities, which should be more user-friendly for people with physical impairments. In the case of land entry, border pass holders not planning to stay overnight may be exempt from the fee, while those who stay overnight may be charged around 100 to 200 baht, he said. Mr Piapat said the ministry acknowledged some tourists voiced concern over this idea as they already have their own insurance coverage. In practice, the ministry frequently found that tourists have difficulty in claiming medical expenses in Thailand, are rejected or unable to receive the full coverage they anticipated. For tour groups that already mandate travel insurance, the ministry will hold further discussions with operators requesting they waive the expense if the Thailand traveller fee becomes effective. So you can't make this stuff up. This has been talked about for nearly a year. The 300 baht tourist fee. Now I don't know what the problem is with either implementing it or not. But whether you agree or disagree, do something about it. You know, I'm talking about the government here for a second. Either implement it or don't. But you've been talking about it for a year and it's hard to believe that you cannot implement a system which many, many countries do have. But they seem to have just dragged it on. And you know, it's not. The thing about this is, if I'm the Ministry of Tourism and Sports, right, I want to be promoting Thailand as a tourist destination. I want to be keeping positive news in the news cycle all the time. But what they seem to be doing is putting this kind of negative news always into the the public domain, bringing up the tourist fee, the tourist fee. Most people just think it's a rip-off. That's the basics of it. Then most people don't care. I, I don't think people are overly worried about 300 baht, okay? But they do think it's a wee bit of a, you know, it, it's a rip-off. But at the end of the day, look, if they have to pay it, they'll pay it. But the continuing talking of it by the minister without ever implementing it is just crazy stuff. Either do it or you don't. It can't be that hard to, you know, take, collect 300 baht at the border. It can't be that hard to put 300 baht into a ticket. You know, as I said before in this show, the thing they should have done was not say anything, tack the 300 baht onto an air ticket, and nobody would have been the wiser. But of course, they've talked about it for a whole year, and we're still at the point of trying to figure out will they or won't they. Personally, I'm, I, I, I really don't care. 300 baht's not going to break the bank when I'm, you know, buying a ticket. But what I do care about is the fact that I think what they're going to run into problems is, is that the... What's going to happen for air tickets is you're going to start your booking and then you're going to be redirected to a Thai government site where you'll have to pay the 300 baht. And once it's paid, it'll send you back to the airline's website to finish off your payments. And I think the problem maybe here is data and data privacy and protection because airlines, you know, they're very strict on that in Europe and places like that, you know, with the GDPR and everything. Right. So. If you're making your booking in Europe and you're booking with Emirates and suddenly you're being sent off to another country 
right from their website they have a responsibility ensure to ensure that you know your data is being protected you know because they're the ones who's sending you to this website so i think there's going to be issues like that as well but the government seem to haven't really personally i think they're going to postpone it till next year i think they'll kind of wait until after high season's done and then they'll try to bring it in during low season next year kind of maybe may 2023 that's my personal opinion now guys i've seen many comments about this before a lot of people say they don't care about it you know just either do it or don't but as always i'd love to know your opinion charge it don't charge it what's your opinion so as some of you may know uh the constitutional court will rule today whether uh general priyat chanacha can remain in office as prime minister or does he have to vacate it so we're just going to go through quickly that kind of situation at the moment and what's in store today. So all eyes across Thailand will be on the Constitutional Court when it's scheduled to rule on whether General Priyachana Cha has completed eight years as Prime Minister. Speculation and conspiracy theories have been rife for the past month, from the time the court accepted the opposition's petition on August 24th and suspended Priyat from performing his duties as PM pending its ruling. The opposition petition asked the court for a ruling on whether Priyat had reached the eight-year term limit fixed by the constitution for prime minister, arguing that he began serving in the position August 24, 2014, following the military coup he had led three months earlier. Now, what does the constitution say about all this? Well, unlike all the previous editions, and there's been plenty, the current Thai charter clearly stipulates the maximum time an individual can serve as PM. Article 158 states, the Prime Minister shall not hold office for more than eight years in total, whether or not consecutively. However, this shall not include the period during which the Prime Minister carries out duty after vacating the office. So the whole question now is when to start counting. There are three possible starting points to count Priyat's term as Prime Minister. August 24, 2014, when Priyat first assumed the premiership following the coup that he led in May that year. Now August 6, 2017, when the current constitution came into force. Or June 9, 2019, when Priyat assumed the premiership following the general election in March that year. The parliamentary opposition and Priot's critics take a, a strong case for counting his tenure from August 24, 2014, arguing that the constitutional clause in question is des designed in principle to prevent a monopoly of power. And I think they do have a point. However, his uh, supporters believe that it should be from June uh, 2019 when he was elected as prime minister. So what are the possible rulings? The Constitutional Court's nine judges are poised to issue a joint verdict on Priot's tenure as PM today. There are three possible scenarios. If the court rules that his term began when he first assumed the premiership in August 2014, after the coup, Pride would immediately lose his prime minister seat. Both House of Parliament would then vote for a new prime minister from the list of PM candidates in the 2019 election. That list featured five other candidates than Pride, Anathan Sharavakul, the health minister, and Apisad Virjava from the coalition's Bumjai Thai and Democratic Party, respectively. And then there's a couple of other guys from the Thai Party. The ruling Palang Prachat Party would not have a candidate as Pride was its only nominee for PM. However, if the court rules Pride's tenure began the current constitution for, uh, when it came into force in April 27, then he had he could serve two more years after completion of his current term. And now if they and that would be up until 20. 
2023. And then uh, if he was found that it was 2019, well, he could soldier along for another four years. So I'm not quite sure what's going to happen. I was actually quite surprised that they suspended him the first uh, in the first stage. So kind of throws thing up in the air. I wonder if it was kind of planned to make it look like, you know, we're taking this very seriously. Let's suspend him because he really wasn't suspended. He was working in the other ministry that he holds with the Department of Defense. I'm pretty sure he's been running, pulling the strings for the last month regardless. And I have a feeling that today we're probably going to see him reinstated. I don't know which date. I think to make people kind of happy, I think they might go with the 2017 one, giving him a couple more years and that's it. But we'll see today. Guys, what do you think? Will they rule uh, that his tenure is over as of today? Will they give him another two years or will they give him another four years? Love to know your opinion down below in that comment section as always. And finally, some Phuket news. Bolt driver challenges AOT rule over picking up tourists at Phuket Airport. An independent taxi van driver working through the Bolt app, which is kind of like a grab and whatnot, has challenged the ban on independent drivers from picking up passengers at Phuket International Airport, a mandate controlled exclusively, by the way, by the airports of Thailand. Bangla touts questioned over attacking American. Police have brought in four touts who work on Bangla Road for questioning over an American tourist being beaten heavily and needing hospital attention earlier yesterday morning. And finally, Phuket Vegetarian Festival processions beat the downpours. Devotees taking part in the Phuket Vegetarian Festival street processions and people lined the streets to observe the spectacle narrowly avoided being drenched by the heavy downpour that soaked the island earlier this morning. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.